Hey guys, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that's really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. Whatever your ailment is, it's probably helped with it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Let's hop into the show. Broncos country is Sitting in the south stands Drinking the curds from mile high The best part of the weekend Hugging a perfect stranger As they become a friend Having a good time when the orange and blue W.I.N. Hello, and once again, welcome into the BSN Broncos podcast. Ryan Konigsberg and Zach Stevens here, and Denver is about to explode once again. In with sun, right? I mean, yesterday we had 80, 80 degrees, I believe the first 80 degree day of the year. Just beautiful. So what, just a sun explosion again today? Nope, we're all about to die in a blizzard. <laughs> what? Yep. The bomb cyclone, a word that I had never heard just one month ago, has now cycled back around, and it's coming for us again. And if you have any doubts, Apple is indeed using the bomb cyclone emoji again. I can't believe, like, I truly thought I would never hear about another bomb cyclone in my life. Yep. I was like, they made that up, and it'll go away. And what was it? I mean, this one's come on really quick. I think on Sunday it said, ah, some rain on Wednesday and Thursday. And then yesterday I heard the word bomb cyclone. Now blizzard warning for 24 hours, starting in a mere hour from now, Ryan. Yesterday at 3 p.m. it was 80 degrees. (laughs) Today at 3 p.m. it is projected to be 30 degrees. And the bomb cyclone starts at 6. 50 degree drop. In 24 hours, and then some blizzard. That's, I'll say what everyone says. That's Colorado. <laughs> Man, it's, it's too Colorado for me. <laughs> I, uh, I, last week it was a little chilly, and I wore shorts in a, in a polo. Mm. And my girlfriend is like, What are you doing? And I said, You know what? It's summer now. Uh, I'm not going back to wearing jeans, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> So you sticking to it? And uh, I regret saying that now <laughs> because I'm going to the Nuggets game tonight and I'm not wearing shorts. You're wearing a Speedo. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, weather aside, everyone be safe if you're out there. But go to the Nuggets game if you have tickets like me because I want the atmosphere to be dope. They're playing for the two seed tonight. Remember when Allen Iverson was traded to the Nuggets and it was when a huge snowstorm hit and there was like they weren't sure if he was going to be able to get here in time for the game because of the weather. It kind of remind tonight kind of reminds me of that. Well, hopefully Nikola Jokic gets there. <laughs> I don't think he really uh, made it to the game last night in Utah. No, yeah. All right, let's talk about the Broncos. <laughs> Yesterday, um, the absolutely huge breaking news comes down that the preseason schedule has been announced <laughs> they got the hall of fame game against the falcons then they play the the um, seahawks in week one of the preseason at seattle 
Then they're home to the 49ers. It is rumored that they will have joint practices with the 49ers before that game. One of Vic Fangio's old employers. Week three, they will go to the Rams. It is rumored that they will also be doing some joint practices out in L.A., which is great news for me (laughs) uh, because I will definitely be making that trip. And week four, they are home to the Cardinals. Looks like pretty much every other preseason schedule. Yep, and that's it. Of course, I mean, you could pretty much, I think you called those teams before the schedule even came out. No surprises here. The Broncos do have two primetime preseason games for whatever that is worth. Of course, the Hall of Fame game against the Falcons, and then the Week 2 game against the 49ers is a Monday night primetime special. And I, I just had a a kick with it because the the Broncos Twitter account was you know hyping it up that they have two primetime games and I'm thinking it's because they're not going to have any regular season primetime games Ooh, that hurts (laughs) do they have oh yeah they haven't announced that yet what's Mm. the you can you have zero I think you have to get at least one right a Thursday nighter I'm trying to think of the Browns yeah I think the Browns were always thrown on Thursday night as their primetime game and what the most you can have is five look I know primetime games are fun for the fans if the broncos got one <laughs> primetime game zach and i would be high-fiving oh that'd be great <laughs> it'd be a dream season and uh, the broncos will have you know they'll probably, probably get two, a monday nighter yeah they'll probably have two primetime games in there uh, it's just that feels like nothing compared to when peyton was here and you had five every single year it's a shame that they don't play the ravens or well could they put no they're not gonna play no. the ravens uh it's a shame they don't play the Ravens or even the Bears or anything like that where there's like a storyline that they can build up. Do play the Bears. Bears at home. Oh, okay. Well, yep. then that one will be primetime. Yeah. Probably. Um, so, yeah, that's the preseason schedule. One thing I am I am a little interested by, remember we heard that Vic Fangio might be running this intense training camp. Well, you know what's really intense? <laughs> Going joint practices, game, joint practices during the week, then a game. Then joint practices during the week, then a game again. Because the players say that joint practices are like a game in their cell, in their own. Yeah. So they're going to have those back-to-back weeks? Yeah. I guess they're not playing around. Does that make training camp suck more, as Derek Wolf said it sucked yesterday? Or does that make training camp suck less? It makes training camp suck more for the players. <laughs> it makes it suck less for us because we get, you know two full weeks of interesting stuff on the field. I got to tell you, we'll we'll dive into uh, some of the things that Derek Wolf said, which he was fantastic yesterday. But really quick, I thought, like, if I was a football player, I would freaking hate training camp. I thought if anyone liked training camp, it was literally Derek Wolf. If you asked me yesterday, who's the one guy on this team that, that would love training camp? I'd say it's Derek. He said it sucks yesterday, so now I just know everyone's in the same boat. I would pick someone else. Mm. Guess who? De- it has to be defense, right? No. It has to be offense. It doesn't have to be anything. It's just this guy. <laughs> um, Garrett Bowles? No, Philip Lindsay. Ah, uh, yeah. I bet you Philip Lindsay likes training camp. He probably does. I mean, he earned himself a lot of money last year in training camp. I, I don't know, though. You're getting hit a lot as a running back. You're not really, though. No, you're just getting you're, not. you're just getting body shots. Yeah, and that's a better position than Derek Wolf, where you're all you're doing is you're in the trenches for just like running into people. <laughs> yep, I all think day. that's what he said too about a defensive lineman's job is just to uh, what beat the lineup beat across the hell out of the guy yep. across <laughs> you know, something like that. But Derek, 
had some more interesting things to say rather than hating training camp. And I honestly don't know where to start because it did require a little bit of reading between the lines. But I guess where I'll start is what I wrote a story on, and I do recommend you go check it out on bsndenver.com. It was more of a column-style piece. And the overarching point was this. Yesterday, 1,128 days after Peyton Manning retired, (laughs) Derek Wolf was still talking about filling the Peyton Manning leadership void. Look, I realize there's been a, a void at quarterback, and that's very important. But he wasn't talking about that because the, the person that he you know, proclaimed the next heir to the throne who's going to give it a try was Vic Fangio, not Joe Flacco. And so I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> it's been more than a thousand days since Peyton retired, and you're still trying to figure out who can be the leader in that? That is just um, embarrassing. Peyton was here for four years and clearly left a mark. Ryan, he's been gone for three. After this season, he's going to have been gone for as long as he was here. And it feels like he's been gone for 10. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't feel like 2015 was a short time ago. I'm just, uh, look, I respect Peyton. I loved Peyton. Uh, He is one of my favorite football players to ever watch play. But for the love of God, I don't want to hear his name come out of that facility unless it's talking about some you know retirement ceremony I understand the first year everyone's like well you know Peyton's gone uh you know Trevor's not trying to step in Peyton's shoes he's just got to be his own guy and now they're pretty much saying we need anyone to step into Peyton's shoes to be that leader because and Ryan we kind of joked about this before the pod what in the world did Peyton do as a leader I mean did did he turn water into wine? I'm literally how how was he such a good leader that over a thousand days later we're still talking about him and what the team lost and how how you know the biggest thing that the Broncos don't have is his leadership. It is it's wild. I'll tell you what it was, and it, and it'll make perfect sense after I say it why it's why it has been irreplaceable to this point. Earmuffs for the children. (laughs) He was an asshole. Mm. He was. And he was good enough to... He was good enough to be that way. And and, and no one could say anything to him because he was the best player on the team. And he was also an a-hole. I'll I'll dial it back now, but I really felt like I needed to say the real (laughs) word to to get my point across. Uh, and, And no one could tell him, you can't talk to me like that. Because he was the best player on the team. And he was the legendary Peyton Manning. And no one has been able to fill that sense. Do you think, um, you know, and we'll get to this in a second. Do you think Vance Joseph had the respect in the locker room to be able to chew guys out and, and not have any negative repercussions? No. Do you think Von Miller would ever be that type of guy? Absolutely not. He's everyone's friend. Do you think Trevor Simeon was good enough? Do you think Case Keenum was good enough? Do you think Paxton Lynch was good enough? Do you think Mark Sanchez was good enough? Do you think any of those players were good enough to shout down uh, from you know a, a higher perch and say, all of you aren't good enough, step it up? Of course, they, none of those guys were good enough. And also, they didn't have that personality 
Trevor what was beloved by his teammates. Everyone loved him. Trevor was just hoping that everyone liked. Like he was walking around on eggshells being like, I don't want to rub anyone the wrong way. I'm just trying to fit in here as the quarterback. Paxton was never trying to lead. I think that's one thing he understood was that he was not in a leadership position. Guys didn't look at him. Mark Sanchez, come on. Uh Case Keenum last year, he had to have played well in order to have gained that respect. And he didn't do that. So there's been a massive void there. There's never been someone since Peyton left that had the respect of the locker room to call people out. And the person that does have that respect and the people that do have that respect, it's really Vaughn. Vaughn has, you know, Vaughn could say whatever he wants, but he he is a self-proclaimed man of the people. So he's not going after guys. And Chris Harris Jr. has done it on a small scale you know he called out Bradley Roby um he's not afraid to call out defensive players but he's he's not in that position he can't be going out there and you, you know Peyton Manning could have told Chris Harris Jr. he's doing his job wrong and that wouldn't have crossed the line no Chris Harris couldn't really go tell Devontae Booker that he's doing his job wrong right he could it just you're not going to see that happen. So it has to be, it doesn't have to be, but what, 95% of the time, it's from the quarterback position. There's two places it can come from, the quarterback and the coach. And yes, we can, you can find oddball ones. And one that's interesting to point out is Ray Lewis. And when he announced his retirement, obviously he was obviously the leader, but then he became the heart and soul of that team and that was the last time, that was the only time that Joe Flacco's won the Super Bowl. So then you could say Joe Flacco's a Super Bowl winner. He's coming in here. He has the MVP with him. Uh, he's going to be that leader that the Broncos need. And, and you can say that, and I understand that. But then you can also just say he actually wasn't the leader of that team. It was Ray Lewis. It was one of those weird instances where it was Ray, and it wasn't the quarterback. That's a good point. And I think Flacco... Um, will have more ground to stand on than really anyone before him since Peyton. And more instant credibility. Right, exactly. Like, when he walks into a room, he should command respect, but sure didn't get that from Derek Wolf yesterday. No. And Derek's a guy who is so honest, so passionate, and I thought, whether it was... I was being naive because it wasn't honest, but I thought he was just going to rave about Joe Flacco, just like he raved about Vic Fangio. And when he was asked about Joe Flacco, he just said, I haven't spent a lot of time with him. We eat breakfast every morning, uh, and if he can take care of his side of the ball, we'll take care of our side of the ball on defense, and Vic will bring it all together. It's like, wow, that is like Trevor Simeon talk. And remember, Derek's the guy, when Trevor left, said, uh, no disrespect to Trevor, but we needed someone else. Yeah, that was the first. Um, I guess what Derek essentially said is he's kind of in prove it mode, right? Because he's he's you know <laughs> actually no pun intended. It's a story of the boy who cried wolf, where he's heard, oh well, this guy's the new quarterback, and Case Keenum's coming in, and he's going to be the new quarterback, and he's going to be great, and he's over here, you know, Derek saying, all right, prove it. You know, and and that's very uh, on par with his personality. It's just all right. So and so is the new quarterback. It's Joe Flacco. All right, prove it to me. And so I give him a little bit of a break on that, saying like, 
I'm not going to buy into some guy until I see it on the field. But it was a little bit concerning that he didn't say, like, oh, yeah, Joe walked in here with a lot of confidence, and he's been, you know, uh, taking control of our uh, workout sessions. Um, that's not what he said at all. He essentially said, like, well, yeah, oh, yeah, Joe's here. I can't let it go past. I see what you did. It took me a while, but the boy that cried wolf. I like it. I like it. So here's the exact quote uh, about him talking about Joe Flacco. He said, as long as Joe can, can control that side of the ball, we can handle the defensive side. Then you have a coach like Vic who just kinds of bring, who kind of brings it all together. Derek's not, he wants Peyton Manning's leadership, but he wants Joe to stay on his side. He doesn't want Joe to come on the defensive side and be the leader that Peyton was. Right. Do you think he was saying <laughs> that about Peyton? Yeah, right. As long as Peyton <laughs> takes care of the offense, yeah. we'll go ahead and lead the defense. Which is that that, that just means he, he knows what Joe Flacco is, right? Yeah, and I also think that Peyton Manning is an entirely 100% irreplaceable. For the rest of time, there won't be a guy like that. Because I don't even think, I don't know why I always use him as an example, because it just, you're biased, but I don't even think Aaron Rodgers is going over and <laughs> leaving notes in the de- in the lockers of the defense, you know, the, the players on the defense. Clay Matthews? Yeah, probably not. Right. I mean, it, when he was there. Um, Tom Brady is probably the only other one, like, where I could see him going up to a corner after practice and saying, dude, come on, um you are opening up way too early and it makes it so easy for me on option routes because as soon as you turn your hips, well, Julian and I both know that you turned your hips too early and he just stops on a dime and we just got 10 yards easy. That I could see. Yeah, I I can see it too. And these guys are top five quarterbacks to ever play. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, he's He's good, I guess, and stuff. But it so it's not just a franchise quarterback that Derek no. Wolf says they're missing. Uh, a first round pick, this or that, you know, an above average quarterback. We're talking about someone that the Broncos probably will never have on their team again. And, and the He's only more reason more powerful I, than a coach. Oh, by far. And also, I mean, I gotta say, what popped into my mind was. What is John thinking with all of these Derek Wolf comments? It, because it just seems like he was not intentionally, but saying how no one had power once Peyton left. No one was a leader. Yeah, it's an, it is an indictment of John Elway because I think it wasn't until last year when he realized we have a huge problem with leadership on this team. So we got to start drafting guys who are leaders. And it worked so far. Uh, but it's going to take a while for those guys to, you know, everyone's hoping they come into their own as leaders this year, but, you know, Cortland's got to step it up on the field. Phil's got to follow up his performance. If all these things happen, then yeah, especially by next year, those will be the leading, the leaders of the team, but it was too little too late and drafting a guy like Pax and Lynch onto a team that was lacking leadership and drafting, you know, the Brendan Langley's and the Carlos Henderson's and, the Chad Kelly's and you know all these guys into a team where they weren't really getting guidance or good or, or great guidance from inside the locker room. Um, it it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know when you have Peyton Manning, you can essentially draft whoever you want when you have Peyton Manning. Um, character issues, whatever. Because when they come in here, Peyton's going to whip them into shape or 
you know, sh- shape up or ship out. And when you don't have that, what happens is what you had uh, for the last couple of years. That's the inmates running the asylum. And, uh, you know, that's a harsh um, term to use for the players. And I don't mean that in any right. way other than <laughs> yeah. the sense of you have the, the players on the team who are negative influences. You know, I, I've used it a million times, but I haven't used it this offseason. You've got the 80-10-10 rule, or, you know, some people call it the 60-20-20, whatever it is. You've got 10% of your team, which is great leaders. They do everything the right way. They make every meeting on time. They do every workout. You've got a huge chunk in the middle of guys who can be led. And then you have a 10% on the bottom where these guys are showing, you know, it's cool to show up a little late. It's cool to make fun of the coach. It's cool if you're on defense to make fun of the the left tackle who got ran over and, you know, and, and imitate the sack dance. There's always going to be that that dichotomy on a team. And what I mean by the phrase I used is you have that 10% running the team. And that's what happens when you don't have someone strong in the upper 10% to pull that middle ground towards them. And it's what happens on every football team everywhere. And so for years since they lost Peyton Manning, the bottom 10% has been running the team. And that's how you win 11 games in two seasons. You're exactly right. And Derek Wolf believes the guy to turn it around is Vic Fangio. And Ryan, one of the things that he said, I'm just going to read you the, the one sentence he said, he said, you speaking about Vic, you just respect him. He's got the resume to respect. He just demands that respect right when he walks in the room. Man, and the second I heard that, I thought to myself, we missed one. We missed the fact that, that the word respect was never tied hand in hand with Vance Joseph. A lot of people said, you know, um, we like the way he's running practice. He looks after the players. Um, He is, you know, a great leader. Everyone was just saying that because that's what everyone else was saying. Leader of men was given to him by John Elway. Yep, and and it it just matriculated throughout the team. Oh, he's a great leader of men, leader of men, leader of men. But what you never heard, you certainly never heard the words in succession, he has the resume to respect. (laughs) You you couldn't have heard. No one could have said that in, in good faith. Or I wouldn't have respected whoever was saying that. That was um, a, 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 red flag, a red flag two years too late for me to think, oh, wow, people were not saying this about Vance Joseph. And do you think people are saying that about Zach Taylor in, in Cincinnati? Probably not. Yeah, and I don't think you can. So if you swing and that's what you get with a young coach and you're trying to find that next uh, flash in a pan and you're trying to get that next great guy is it comes with that risk. But clearly Derek Wolf said it yesterday. The Broncos didn't need the risk. They had the team at least, you know, right when Peyton left, they had some great parts to the defense. They needed someone to come in and be that leader, which just hasn't been there. It's, it's really hard to argue with that. Um, I feel like there was one more thing I wanted to talk about in Derek's comments, and I, I'm blanking on it. Well, one thing that I came away from yesterday, Derek didn't say this, but just the feeling I got of everything he said was he's okay with the Broncos taking a step back 
from the win now mode for and, and now not a rebuild because I don't want to call it that because that's not the feeling I got at all. But he's okay with drafting a quarterback. That's the feeling I got. He didn't say that, but the reason I got that feeling was he was pining for for a, a great quarterback and leader to come into this room. How do you get those guys? You draft them number one overall. If you don't have the number one overall pick, you draft them somewhere in the first round. They got to come in, and they have to earn it. Clearly, his comments that we talked about with Flacco uh, weren't necessarily selling Flacco that he's the answer here. And then Derek also talked about uh, wanting to be a Bronco for life. He's entering the final year of his contract, and he could have very easily said, I want to focus on this final year. I've taken a hometown discount for the Broncos, just like Chris has. I'm not going to hold out like Chris has, but I'm going to, uh, you know, approach the open market. I still have four or five years left, uh, and we'll see where that goes. But I want to focus on this year. We've got a great head coach in. We're going to take off. He didn't say that. He said, I hope to have a good year this year. The Broncos will reward me, and I'll be able to finish my 12 or 13-year career here. So that kind of was different, a different vibe than I typically get from Derek of maybe it's okay. He's seeing the he's seeing the long picture. Maybe like John isn't, or I guess we don't know that yet. We'll find out in a few weeks. Uh, and then when asked about the draft and if there's any way uh, he wants the Broncos to go, it would have been easy for him to say, let's get a stud in here, Devin White, Ed Oliver. Um, let, let, let's bring a guy in here that can play. And he didn't. He, he just passed. So you can't read too much into that. But I feel like veterans typically or sometimes say, let's get a player in here. I don't want to wait. Yeah, that's, that was, all of that was interesting. Um, I, if I had to predict it, I would say Derek Wolf does not finish his career as a Bronco unless his career ends this season. And I, I you know, touch wood. I hope he has, a, I hope he plays as long. I actually will touch the wood. <laughs> uh, I hope he plays as long as he wants. As long as makes him happy. So I'm not saying that I hope uh, it doesn't work out for him in Denver. I just I can't really see the Broncos uh, re-upping him after this season. Because I think Derek believes he can get another four-year, $10 million per year contract. And I don't see that in the Broncos' future. Now, what happens if they don't draft a defensive lineman in the first two days of this year's draft? And uh, then then you're entering truly with all of your starters on their final year of their deal. Then then it's interesting, but I, I agree with you. Right now, if I had to put money on it, this is Derek's final year. I almost skipped over the, my favorite thing that Derek said the whole day. Mm. And remember, this comes on the heels of Derek essentially hoping that Vic Fangio is the leader that they've been missing. But he kept it real in saying... A lot of people have been talking about how everyone's five minutes early to meetings. <laughs> that happens every year whenever you show up. Everybody shows up five minutes early in the first couple of weeks. What happens in week 16 when everyone's beat to hell and no one feels like being around this building and we're all sick and tired of each other? Are you still showing up five minutes early? That's when it counts. Love it. Just real. because And that's the truth. In anything, a new job, I'll let you take the relationship one after this. And a new job, of course, the first literally two days is when guys were saying this first two days on the job or you get a new boss yeah you're probably showing up five minutes early right oh yeah 
fresh relationship <laughs> you're telling me that you're gonna pull the i'm not feeling so hot i'm just gonna stay in bed for like the second date right no. but once you're a couple you know once you're nice and comfortable then that's when you say like hey um i'm just not feeling it like it tonight uh you know maybe uh we can reschedule for later or i mean what is the date frequency at the beginning of a relationship I'm sure that date frequency doesn't keep up three years down the line. Got to be careful setting those expectations (laughs) too high early. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, But I think Derek did really keep it real there. And and it's kind of a reality check for everyone. But as I wrote in my story, the players aren't saying this because they're trying to dupe everyone. They're saying this because just like Derek, they're praying that the culture is going to change under Vic Fangio. Mm. You know, the players want the culture to change but they clearly don't know how to change it themselves so they're just kind of hoping that the way Vic comes in and does things is going to change the culture on its own right exactly and so that's why they're willing it to to be true oh everyone's showing up five minutes early like Vic's really putting his stamp on the team you know (laughs) they want to buy in they do but does Vic not necessarily does Vic take it and run with it but does this respect that it seems like he has Does that actually carry over into training camp? And more importantly, like Derek said, in week 16 when you don't want to be there. We'll see. And and hopefully the Broncos are in a position where they do want to be there because they're (laughs) playing for something. That also kind of gave me a little bit of a chill down my spine. I'm like, oh, man, he's already thinking about week 16 when they don't want to be here. Hopefully in week 16 they're in a highly contested playoff race. That's what you hope. Ryan, we did talk to one other person yesterday. We did? Yeah, we did. And I was going to ask you what you learned because really all I learned, and Royce is great. I learned that Royce is playing at 230 pounds this year, just like he did last year. Yeah, the one thing I learned, which I already knew to be true, but I just wanted to hear it come out of his mouth, which is why I asked him, is that that ankle wasn't truly healthy until after the season. And that is always the case with high ankle sprains. That I don't know if, if, if any of you have ever experienced it. It's probably worse for you and I than it is for a world-class athlete. <laughs> But it takes so long to heal a high ankle sprain. And yes, after about three to four to five weeks, you can get back out on the field. But it hurts every morning. It hurts every night. It's swollen after every practice. It kills you after every game. And you don't have the confidence in it that you had before. So we hope to see the Royce Freeman we saw early in the season last year and maybe even something better Um, But it's just something to keep in mind when you look at the disappointing second half of the season for him. You have to keep in mind the fact that he was not healthy. Yeah, and I I thought you were going to say what you really wanted to hear from Royce was that he still loves Philip Lindsay. Yeah, no. (laughs) I, I mean, how could you not? It's true. You can't. All right, well, we got plenty of questions to get to today, but Zach, I want to tell everyone about a fun new partnership we have that I'm really excited about because... As a couple 27-year-old guys, we're trying to learn how to grow up. (laughs) And if you're like us and you're trying to figure out how to be a mature, refined adult, or if you just really like wine, you got to check out my friends over at Winester. Winester is an innovative, online, direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. 
What makes Winester special, though, is that the majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in store. With Winester, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S., Then, when you fall in love with a couple of the wines as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs. Oh, and I especially love Winester because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums uh, and um, really, really cool people who are really doing something special in the wine industry. So, sign up today with the code BSN25 and get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. (laughs) <laughs> That's Weinster, W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Weinster. Check them out. They're awesome. Zach, I went to their showroom in Chicago, and or I should say they call I think they call it their lounge in Chicago, and they're going to be bringing one to Denver mm. um, here soon. And when you're a Weinster club member, you can go there. They'll that you can try some wines. They give you some cheeses. You can bring a friend to, who wants to learn about Weinster. And I have to tell you, I've never felt so grown up in my life. <laughs> Did you have a stogie too after probably, and you're just reading books? I would love, uh, yeah, I would have loved that. Or like a corn cob pipe. Yep. Um, no, no, but man, I was sitting there wafting wines, being like, I think I smell some cocoa in this one. Uh, really feeling myself. Yeah, I always go for the, oh, I really smell a, some grapes in here. Oh, that's, yeah, you know, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> um, and the wine that you're probably drinking as a non-Weinster club member probably does smell like grape juice. It's true, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so check out Weinster. Like I said, the, the showroom is awesome. When they come, there's going to be a bunch more stuff. But uh, if you just want some great wine sent to your door, wherever you are, check them out. Um, they're really supporting the small guys and uh, you know, as a startup ourselves, we totally understand that. And, it and sounds so cool. It is really cool. Um, so let's move on now. And we might as well get to this one before we get to the direct questions from the listeners. It is the question of the week presented by Sports Column. And speaking of Sports Column, I've heard that they are having a watch party on Thursday for the, the Avs playoff game. There you go. Go check them out. It was obviously a fun environment when we were there. Yes, it was. All right. Well, the question of the week from us is kind of unrealistic, but there's a reason that we made it all of this possible. We want to see who you guys want. The question was, Devin White, Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, and Ed Oliver are all on the board at 10. Who do you want the Broncos to take? Tough choice. Andre comes in and says, Dwayne Haskins, you got to find the next franchise QB. Number one priority every draft until you find it. And Texas Bronco agrees with him. He simply says, Dwayne. Eamon agrees, just says the other part, Haskins. There you go. Those two are two peas in a pod. <laughs> From Chef M, if those are four are there, then trade back and the compensation will be massive. Oh, well, this is probably the only one where I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you could trade back three spots and guarantee you're right. still getting one of them. <laughs> yeah. But um i don't know i mean i think you stay there because you have so many good (laughs) players available to you you pretty much have the number two overall pick in this scenario okay maybe quinnon with some number three overall pick okay number four overall pick because uh nick bosa and quinnon williams are off oh so you you must have gotten screwed in the lottery if you have the number four overall oh man that's it's uh it's too 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 sensitive ryan sorry 
I mean, the Avs are still in a fine position. <laughs> All right. Um, typical Trev comes in and says, White, of course, Devin White. And Tim Wentz responds to him and says, It's so close between him and Oliver. Typical Trev says, Not to me. Uh, but then they go on, and it's the debate that really surrounds those two guys. Now, you hope, if you're a Broncos fan, which you are, if you're listening to us talk about the Broncos an hour a day <laughs> or more, um, you hope that's an option. You hope that, that, that you have that problem, Devin White or Ed Oliver at 10. And I'll get your take on this in a second here, Zach, but let's f- get to some of the rest of these. DT uh, Stash says Devin White. Okay. Thomas Clement, with a contrarian point, says Devin Bush. Mm, wow not even an option i disagree but fair enough if all of this happens devin bush is actually probably off the board he probably went five to the bucks it's very true uh from joey kennedy give me oliver no question i want that pressure on the great quarterbacks in our division that being said if it's in elway's mind that he's coming out of this draft with the franchise qb give me locker haskins well you named all three of the four players (laughs) so not devin white right Yes. A Christian Conway says, Dwayne Haskins, while I understand the argument for win now, until we get a quarterback situation permanently solved, we will not be winning anything. It just comes down to whether or not you believe the Broncos believe in Joe Flacco as much as they want us to believe. <laughs> believe, believe, believe. I'm confused. <laughs> uh, I think there is a big part of me that believes the Broncos already think that they have uh the long-term solution and then there's no way you draft a quarterback this is easy right um jacob says bob saget okay (laughs) and i believe that's all of them i think we got him yep okay zach who you taking this is this is easy in my book to an extent okay quarterback uh get out of here say say the name Coming off talking to Derek Wolf yesterday, the guy that, that comes to my mind is Drew Locke. I mean, when, when we asked all of these quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl, you know, what's your biggest strength, biggest weakness, Drew Locke was asked like three or four different times about the strength thing when I was around. And every single time, he said leadership, the ability to step into any situation surrounded by anyone whether it's players or coaches and completely win them over and turn a situation around and be the leader that that this team needs and from what Derek's saying he wants Drew Locke I mean just just bring him in the building right now and he I I truly believe from a leadership standpoint he could win this locker room over but man if Dwayne Haskins is there as a player how do you how do you pass on that at ten, Ryan? This was this was what in January, even in Jan the beginning of January he was even your number one quarterback. He was everyone's number one quarterback, and just because Kyler Murray has taken off and people have realized his talent and that he can play in the NFL, Dwayne Haskins has slipped. I mean he he would have been the number one quarterback and potentially what the second overall pick if the if. Uh, or the first overall pick, if a quarterback needy team was there. And if you can get him at 10, you can't pass up on that. I agree with you on that, if you are in the quarterback market. Mm. but and, and I think you made a really good point about Drew Locke. In terms of leadership intangibles, that's why people are falling in love with him. They're willing to 
put the accuracy issues aside because of of the intangibles and man after hearing the um, after hearing them just after hearing Derek Wolf talk about how important a leader is that that actually makes a lot of sense I'll say this though of these four I would put Drew Locke last and and we're going off your book who would you want them to draft yep exactly mm. uh and 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 Everyone that listened to the Senior Bowl coverage knows I really like Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. I think Drew Locke is going to succeed. But my number one would be Dwayne Haskins. If you're going quarterback and these four are on the board, you have to take Dwayne Haskins. He's yep. just that good. Yep. Um, and it's why I don't believe he'll be there anyway. Then after that, I go Devin White. Just game-changing type explosiveness. And then I go Ed Oliver. And then I go... Uh, Drew Locke and the, the the white Oliver one is hard for me I what I come back to is Ed Oliver looks explosive as well um, when he's on Devin White is doing it in the SEC and looking like he's in a different gear than all of the other players in the conference that churns out the most NFL talent yeah no disagreement there now Ryan let's flip it what do the Broncos do because you kept saying if they're in the quarterback market, if they're in the quarterback market, well, you're John Elway. Are you in the quarterback market? Nope. And, and rank them. Um, Devin White, Ed Oliver, Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins. Exactly how I'd rank them as well. Exactly how I'd rank them in, in the Broncos' minds. Because I do believe that the Broncos have, have uh, that John Elway fell in love with Drew Locke. Now, has that love lasted or was it lust? If it was lust, I still see him really liking Drew Locke and and the confidence that he brings. Remember how much John talked about confidence last year from a quarterback. Drew Locke's got that. He's got the leadership. He's got the intangibles and he's got the big arm. He's 6'4". He's got everything that John Elway looks in a quarterback. That's why I'd put him in the Broncos' eyes above Dwayne Haskins and uh, you pretty much said it with Devin White and Ed Oliver. Devin White, no bust. No nope, bust potential. Nope, 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 nope. And glaring, glaring need there. Get Vic his guy. So to me, it's it's very simple when you look at it in the Broncos' eyes. I think so too. It never ends up being as simple as we think it is. Um, <laughs> but I, I think if those four guys were there, well, first of all, Broncos fans should be doing backflips because you're getting a top five talent at 10. Yep. But – you're going to be pretty happy if, if that happens and, and don't trade back because just take the one that you have the highest on your board. Please don't trading backs. Fine. If one of these guys isn't there, if one of them's there, don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Also, you know, one thing to keep in mind with Dwayne Haskins is he's going to need a good offensive line, but I, I look at this in the same sense of the Broncos think they have a good enough offensive line for Joe Flacco who is less mobile than Dwayne Haskins. So <laughs> just something to keep in mind. And and maybe Joe Flacco takes the bullets for a year. Um, so Dwayne Haskins doesn't have to, and you can improve the offensive line before you put, you know, your new franchise quarterback behind the, the center. Mm, Joe's just an 18 and a half million dollar body uh, punching bag. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, look, you if you were to draft Dwayne Haskins and, and mostly just, Dwayne Haskins. I mean, you could make a case for putting Drew Locke back there, and he'll be able to protect himself a little bit better. But you have to look at what happened with Josh Rosen and say, let's not get trigger happy on playing him. Absolutely. Because 
what the Cardinals did, uh, look at it this way. And maybe this ends up working out for the better for them. If they never played Josh Rosen last year, they would not be in the Kyler Murray conversation, I don't think. Right. But because they played him and they got him hit, you know, enough times for five seasons and he didn't look his best because he was seeing ghosts because he was getting destroyed by the biggest, fastest, strongest men in the world. Uh, now they have second thoughts. And they're also thinking, man, we put a lot of tread on those tires in year one. And there's the off the field stuff and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I believe that if they were to play Sam Bradford or Mike Glennon or whoever last season and they were sitting on Josh Rosen and they'd just seen what he'd done in practice and his body was still 100%, they wouldn't be thinking of getting Kyler Murray. I also don't think that the Broncos... I mean, it's clear the Broncos didn't bring Joe Flacco in here to just be this figure for, what, two months from the start of free agency until the draft so that they didn't have to trade up to get a quarterback. No, if they wanted a quarterback, they would have just traded up, uh, or clearly now, potentially, you know, they could trade up to eight and grab one. So they didn't they didn't trade for Joe Flacco just for that. He's likely going to be, I mean, 99% going to be on the roster unless something crazy happens and Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins comes in and blows him away, and John says we're going to save $18.5 million. Joe, Joe is here for this year. He is, so use him. Quick side note. Did you see that Jared Stidham is now getting mocked in the second round? Wow. By Todd McShay. Not, you know, some weird PFF mock. <laughs> that, that's, uh, to me, that just shows quarterbacks aren't going to fall. That's just a general rule to live by. I mean, Will Greer probably should be mocked in the first round. You know, 30, 20, late 20s. God. Did you see Daniel Jones is going to the draft? Yep. What's that mean? Quarterbacks don't fall. (laughs) If you were Daniel Jones, would you go to the draft? Hell no. (laughs) If I was anyone that wasn't a surefire top 10 pick, I'm not going to the draft. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I'm going. Drew Locke. Mm. One of those guys isn't going. I don't remember who. Uh, if I'm yeah, if I'm either of those guys, I go. Especially Drew Locke's all about confidence, so he believes he's going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I guess I would probably go if I had a chance. Like, you get this like sweet custom tailored suit, and um, you know, you get it. But if I'm like a Daniel Jones, borderline first round pick, unless he has a first round promise, I'm it not would. Going. <sighs> It would be cool, Uh, and you mentioned it. It is once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but remember, all of these guys, even if they do fall and it's embarrassing and they fall the second round, they're still going to have enough money to go to New York and have these types of experiences in their life. It's also a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be surrounded by all of your family and friends in your house for the biggest moment of your life. Right. Get your mom's homemade meatballs. Yeah, so um, that's that's the decision you have to make. Is it more important for you to be on the big stage and have the bright lights in your face, or is it more important for you to be surrounded by the people you love? What would you do? (laughs) I feel like the way you set it up, there's a right answer and a wrong answer. (laughs) Uh, If it was me, I'd want to be with all of my friends. Me too, me too. (laughs) But I totally understand I, I I'm not hating on anyone. No, who, of course not. Who gets who wants to go there, but I think it is like Baker didn't go. Yeah, 
You're not you're not hating on anyone who shuns their family for this national spotlight. <laughs> I'm not hating on people who say, "Look, none of you had anything to do with this. I did this all on my own. Stay out of my life and don't ask me for money." I'm not saying that's that's wrong. Yep. <laughs> Wonder how long it takes for these guys to get their first text or call of someone asking for money. Oof. It depends on where you came from, to be honest. Yeah. Um but it's swift. I bet. Very swift. God, what a bummer. And, and honestly, the first one that comes in is probably like half joking. Right. Like, hey, bro, you got that <laughs> signing bonus. When are you going to come uh, hook it up for me? Yep. When are we taking the, the private jet? Yeah, yeah. So the first one is like tongue in cheek. And then I would say like a, um, a month or so down the road, you yep. get the one that's like, yo, bro, um, you know I'm not like this, but... Yeah. I'm having trouble paying the rent this month. Is there any way you could hook it up with like a thousand? And it's a ter- it's a sad position because how are you going to tell a person that you care about? No, for a thousand dollars, you just signed, you know, um, even if you're a mid round draft pick, you're probably getting half a million this year. Yep. And, and these, and that, and that's what happens. But if you do it once word gets out, and then you're going to be bombarded. It's a really tough situation for all these guys. But, I mean, it it's not even uncommon. Like, look, I grew up in Boulder. And one of my one of my friends made it to the NFL. And I've, you know, seen just you go to the bar and you get a round of mm-hmm. drinks. And everyone just kind of looks over to see if he's going to buy them, you yeah. know. Yeah. And that is just the way it is. Because... Even if you're, you're, you don't even have to be poor, but you're young and one of your friends has a lot more money, like everyone's just looking to that guy. And it's public. Right. You know, of course. I may have some friends that I know I have some friends that are getting a lot of money, maybe not NFL type of money, but you know, you don't know if it's a lot or if it's like, holy cow, a lot of money. NFL, it's like, I don't, I don't need to look at your contract. Literally Google right here at the bar how much money you made this year. And I don't even need to because I know at least it's what? Four hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, come on, it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and even if you're our age making, you know, good money, that's still probably four times more at least. Absolutely. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's I, I feel bad for yeah. these guys because it's true they just publicly became millionaires. Yep. And no matter where you came from, someone somewhere is is putting their hand out. Sorry for getting us down that crazy rabbit hole right there. All right, let's hop into the questions, though, and I'm sure they'll take us down some other crazy rabbit holes. First one from True True Champ Fan 24 He says, Zach, friend, buddy, pal, do not eat a Hot Pocket ever. What a dumb take. They are grossly, gross being emphasized, overrated, and do not taste good at all. It's a lie. (laughs) You just haven't had enough Hot Pockets at this point. Yeah, I've th- what is that? Two days in a row with negative hot pocket reviews. I think it was both from True <laughs> Okay, here's the thing: like, there's a pizza hot pocket. Do you like pizza? I do. It tastes like pizza. <laughs> so, do you not? Is pizza gross? No. Right. Our ham and cheese sandwiches, like you can go down the line of probably all the flavors. All of they these have. things are good. Now, are they as good as the real thing? No. <laughs> but can you make the real thing in two minutes in the microwave? <laughs> oh, right. Four minutes of rest, of course. <laughs> Um, no, you can't. So you can't, the, the hot pockets taste like what they're supposed to taste like. And you know what? Hot pocket is now a friend of the pod. 
Yes, they, they, <laughs> slowly but surely, we're going to make them sponsor this damn thing. He says, now on to a football rant. I cannot stand John Elway. Never have. <laughs> the, this isn't me, guys. This is true Chant Fan 24 The man needs to pay Chris Harris, and I understand waiting for the draft to be over to figure out finances. I just have a feeling Elway is going to screw this up like he has done with so many other things in his tenure. He seemingly cannot get out of his own ego-filled way. Having a man who is untouchable in power is a bad thing for any business. There is your hot pocket hot take of the week. It's hot. Mm. Certainly is hot. Didn't let it cool down for four minutes. Certainly did not <laughs> let it cool, and now everyone's got a blister on their own. <laughs> um, okay. This is a look. I get that John always made mistakes. I just can't believe that someone would say something like this about a GM who has won a Super Bowl. In the mm. last three years. Yeah. I get it if John, if what's happened over the last three seasons had happened over John Elway's entire tenure, that people are over it. And you're saying, like, the fact that he's untouchable is just is just screwing the Broncos. But he won a Super Bowl three years ago. I, You just can't – like, that should buy you five years. I actually said that on a BSN Broncos podcast <laughs> right after they won the Super Bowl. John Elway just bought five years of freedom – to essentially do whatever he wants and first three years have not gone so well but it's i mean come on he hasn't been a failure of a gm in fact he's been a highly highly successful gm and you know what's interesting is and i don't know if true champ fan is is pointing to the other negotiations when he says screw-ups um really the only once john's got into a situation like this I don't think he's lost anyone. Brock Osweiler. And they didn't even get down the whole, the rabbit hole of like negotiations, did they? I mean, I, yeah, I, Brock Osweiler, you could point to. Um, Malik Jackson, they just let him walk. Yep. Danny Trevathan, they just let him walk. Yep. So, and, and it's been rough. I mean, Von Miller contract situation, that was rough and brutal. Demarius Thomas, not easy. He's been down these paths before. And do I think it probably should have been handled in another way? Probably. But also, John's got to not just hand over the checkbook. Now, he did that with Vaughn in the end, and maybe if he didn't do that at the start, the price tag would have been cheaper. Uh, But it's not like, and and everyone says, oh, John is so bad uh, doing these, and he's too tough when talking to these players and negotiating. But in the end, it's worked out fine. Yeah, I mean, obviously the record isn't what you want it to be, but it's not necessarily because of contract negotiations. You're right, and because he said um, he's going to screw this up like he has with so many other things, and, and you're right to say the the only one that was kind of like a one that got away was Brock Osweiler, and that was lucky. <laughs> that was the best thing that ever happened to the Broncos is that right. John Elway didn't just open up the checkbook for him. Now, true champ fans probably pointing at just everything else, uh, right. drafting packs, and there's been mistakes, and absolutely, there's been tons of mistakes. I just don't see this situation falling under the same category as every other mistake. And again, I get frustrated. Like you, you can be frustrated with Elway, and Elway is not, um, you know, safe and 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 should be criticized. And I think we've criticized John Elway's decisions plenty on this podcast, uh, but. I also think it's always important to keep in mind that he did win a Super Bowl in this post. And he also took over a pretty bad team and turned them into a really great team. Now he's trending the wrong way. 
And because of that, a lot of his uh, his decisions have come into question, which is fair. But let's not say he's like a failure or, you know, is only in his position because of his status. Now, he's not losing his position, and I think that has something to do with his status. But it also has a lot to do with the structure of the Broncos. There isn't a person in place that's going to fire him. So until Brady Bolin uh, becomes the owner of this team, which could be a while, John is whatever he wants to do, he's, it's going to be on his own terms. And if he wants to call a press conference right before the last <laughs> game of the season and say that he's sad that he couldn't text someone about breaking his records <laughs> and, and step down Magic Johnson style, well, then that happens. But I don't think he's getting fired. Yeah, and so one thing I totally agree with you, Champ Fan 24 is Having a man who is untouchable in power is a bad thing for any business. Completely agree. Yeah, that, that can't be um, disputed. All right, let's move on here from Run, Phil, Run. Hey, Zach and Ryan. I was wondering about the possibility of Vic and the new staff being able to spark life into Demarcus Walker's career. Is there any possibility of Vic being able to work his magic and turn Walker into a player? Or is it more likely that Walker becomes a camp casualty this fall? I had to dig deep into the well to find questions because the BSN family does such a great job of calling, covering all relevant football topics as well as food hot takes. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, there's a chance. I wouldn't count on it, and I don't think the Broncos should be counting on that. How many games is DeMarcus Walker active next year? Is the over-under set at .5? Yeah, I think it has to be because right now, does he make the roster? That's what I'm saying is... He's either not on the roster or Vic Fangio did work some magic with him and he's going to contribute in one way or another. As a defensive lineman, right? It's got to be? Yeah, yeah. What if that's their plan? Because the Broncos haven't signed a backup uh, outside linebacker. What if that's the plan? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, 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 no. It can't be. And here's the reason why I'm down on DeMarcus is he didn't play at all last year. And that was not Vance Joseph's call. He did have a fumble recovery in the Arizona game. <laughs> he did. The best play of his life. But down the stretch, how in the world was he not playing? To me, that's that's so damning. He's also one of few people to be able to say they've sacked Patrick Mahomes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the only one on the Broncos, honestly. Uh, I think they got him. Because he did that game. in 2017. Right. Yep. <laughs> wow. Um, that's a great trivia question. If the over-under was set at 0.5, I would take the under. I would as well. But maybe Vic Fangio can work the magic. I just – I don't – I think um, DeMarcus's problem isn't really all that much his fault. I think he's just not built for success in the NFL, and I, and I say that in the sense he was a tweener. And sometimes that can be a good thing. I think for him it's turned out to be a bad thing. He's not big and strong enough to be a – three four defensive end and he's not nimble enough to be a three four outside linebacker now maybe he could be a four three defensive end which is probably where he should have been when he was drafted but he was drafted by a three four team that's not changing that anytime soon so maybe he gets a fresh start somewhere else in the correct system and has a chance but he is just not his body isn't conducive to being good in a three four yeah you're you're 100 percent right which is a really big indictment on John Elway. There you go. There's criticism of John Elway. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why he drafted him. Exactly. He goes on another note on listening to podcasts while working out. Zach, I'm also a runner, mm. also known as an alien. <laughs> and I must say there's nothing better than listening to an hour and a half BSN podcast while grinding out a 10 mile run. 
Listening to your guys' discussion while I'm running distracts me from how tired I am. The podcast content is so captivating that I almost feel like you guys are on the run with me. Thanks for your excellent cover. Wow, that's too cool. Run, Phil, run. Okay, maybe there's something in in his name. Maybe his name is actually Phil. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it is. And, uh, man, that is so cool to hear. And that's why I'm hesitant to call myself a runner. 10-mile runs is... That's not in my arsenal. Really? Uh, it's been in my arsenal, but at, at, at a leisurely pace. I just imagine Run Phil Run is pretty fast when he does those. Well, in an hour and a half. So those are how long okay. is that? What do we have? Ninety minutes? A nine 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 minute mile? That's pretty good for ten miles. I couldn't. Even, I for sure could not do a nine minute mile on my first <laughs> mile. Maybe we should do a live podcast while running next to him for for the whole thing. Uh, I hope you're planning on a seven-minute podcast before I before I lay down. I just assumed that you just ran out of be- rolled out of bed and just chalked off thirty miles every morning. I like I like speed, so like those five Ks. I'm trying to I'm trying to go for speed five Ks, but my girlfriend's training for the marathon, so I will do some longer runs with her. That's crazy. <laughs> I just I, I don't know. I, I've I've tried to reach the runner's high. And I will say there was a time where um, I was running, like I, I would do like five miles, but I got to do it on the stupid elliptical machine, which doesn't even really count because I have such bad shin splints. Oh, the shin splints are the worst. I've had the runner's high once. It was uh, it was a race that started and ended at the Broncos stadium and you ran through the Broncos stadium as like the final stretch. And you were and just floating. That's where I got it. Yep. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just like, like Demarcus Walker isn't built for a three four. <laughs> I'm not built for running. I got the shin splints. I got some like weird like I get these foot cramps. It's just not. It doesn't work for me. I'm just then don't do it. That I, doesn't sound fun. I don't. From Bronco Duck, I think there are a few reasons not to be as high on Haskins as you are, Ryan. First, he was a one year starter. Could it be a one hit wonder? In my opinion, that's a positive. Less tread on the tires. Was ba- Baker a one year starter? Uh, no. Kyler was a one-year Kyler starter. Kyler was a one-year starter. Um, there's been plenty. I mean, try, I'm one, none are coming to the top of my head right now, but well, I, I, it doesn't bother me. Additionally, he was in a very quarterback-friendly system with a ton of great talent around him. Very true. Um, the entire NFL is trying to create quarterback-friendly systems with talent around them. What happens when he's not surrounded by day one and day two draft talent? Well, he will be because he's been on an NFL team. <laughs> He goes on, frankly, he reminds me a lot of Alex Smith. Really good college QB with a quarterback-friendly head coach and just okay in the NFL. I'm not saying he can't be great, just don't think he's a sure thing. Bottom line, I think there are reasons he's not a top-town pick without it having to do with race. Just my opinion. And if if executives really care about his race, they won't be executives much longer. Their job is about wins and losses. And if they effectively discount someone at quarterback position because of the color of their skin, they won't win many games, period. Well, let me just flip this for you. Jobs about wins and losses, right? What if a, what if a GM effectively discounts someone at the quarterback position because of the size of their body? Will they be out of their job? Will they not win many? Mm, I see what you're doing. Discrimination is discrimination, right? Right. Yep. Just saying. That's interesting. Also, with this, would we're not talking about the number one pick? Broncos don't have that. They have ten. Would you take Alex Smith? Bef- obviously before the injury at number 10 hell yeah i would too the broncos would kill to have alex smith as their quarterback <laughs> yeah. the last three years yep 
Remember we were talking oh, about good, that Alex Smith. last last off season. We were talking about if the Broncos could somehow trade for Alex Smith. That'd be great. And you know it's funny. Um, Alex Smith struggled for sure at, at, at early in his career. What helped Alex Smith become an MVP candidate? Andy Reid, a quarterback friendly offense. Mm. Why in God's green earth would anyone not run a quarterback friendly offense when quarterback is the most important position of all in all of sports? Great question. Love a good old quarterback difficult offense. <laughs> That's my kind of offense. I mean, yeah. Quarterbacks are better when they're in quarterback-friendly offenses. What a freaking shocker. Especially one that maybe suits their needs and, and their talents. God, some of the, I mean, the NFL is just so <laughs> dumb sometimes. It drives me nuts. It's too big that they don't want to think outside of just the path they're on. I just think a general rule to follow is whatever the most important person is your, in your company is, if, you're, if your success completely depends on them, making their job easier seems like a good thing to do. I guess. Sounds like a good thing to do. God. <laughs> dang it. But how do you really feel? I think Dwayne Haskins <laughs> should be a top 10 pick. That's how I really feel. Uh, from Aquaman. Okay, enough of this boring quarterback talk. Let's talk mm. about the most exciting position in football. Punter. Is Wadman a lock for the position or are others coming in to compete? What is Wadmania's contract situation? Can't wait for the draft. Wow. Yeah, this is diving deep. Um, He's just like any other un- undrafted free agent. He was a rookie last year, so they've got two more, I believe, two more years on the undrafted deal yep. at the minimum. There's no reason he won't be in camp. I can't call him a lock to be on the team by any means. No, it's uh, it's Colby Wadman we're talking about, but he'll get a shot, and Tom McMahon does really like him. I'll never, uh, I'll never forget when I tweeted out something like, Colby Wadman's really coming on, and the relative of a punter the Broncos passed on in favor of Wadman <laughs> tweeted at me like, yeah, if you like – 30 yard punts with four with three two hang time <laughs> and after that wadman had three more punts in the game all of them were 60 plus yards with no return wow it was awesome you'll take that especially for a minimum deal right yeah exactly uh captain hook chimes in and just says hashtag team tools <laughs> <laughs> and then you know a nice simple comment with just three words or one hashtag just wasn't cutting it for him, so then he wrote a novel. But let's get to that novel on the other side uh, of this break. Green Mountain Dental has a long-standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be very positive experience definitely new patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam also all colored sport mouth guards start at just 25 dollars the doctors will come out and visit with you um ask you how your family is doing you know just very friendly and family oriented it's just very comfortable to to be there that's greenmountaindentalgroup.com Welcome back in to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. And thank you all for tuning in. And, and thanks to all the subscribers 
uh, for bringing us your questions. And, and I do like to do a reminder once in a while that questions on the podcast are for are exclusively for those who subscribe. Um, and it's, it's a cool perk that we like to provide uh, the people who spend their hard-earned money on supporting our company. Uh, and, and it really helps us build this community. And so that's why um, when you subscribe to BSN Denver, you are given the exclusive right to comment um, as a current subscriber to the website. So with that in mind, our guy, Captain Hook, spends his hard-earned money on this website. And, and, and with that, he has earned his right to write a novel in the comment section and have his voice heard. So it's kind of a response to us yesterday saying that they, they do have needs on the defensive line. And here's what he says. Are you win now or win in the future? My point about D-line is that all those players are capable of starter-level play or higher. I expect a big jump from Shelby Harris. So reinforcing a strong position with your best asset doesn't make a ton of sense if you're trying to win this year and have a huge hole elsewhere, even if you deem that hole a luxury position. With that said, I agree tight end isn't viewed as highly as many other positions in the NFL, so you could easily take Hawkinson at 15 in a trade-down scenario. My perfect draft day would be to trade down with the Redskins for an extra second, select Hawkinson at 15, Chris Lins- I'm not going to go through all of them, sorry. <laughs> the full mock draft yeah, there. Um, and then he says, um, you can use your 2023rd to trade for Darren Lee, trade Todd Davis for whatever you can get for him, and extend Chris Harris Jr. for three years, $36 million. You get Flacco, the weapons he needs, as well as an electric returner, a safety, uh, multiple linebackers that fit the position, and the ability to start day one and help you solidify the defense, uh, the offensive line. He's filling all the holes here. He goes on, if we did this, I'd fully expect a top three defense and a borderline top ten offense in terms of efficiency, the ability to com- compete for more than just a wild card spot under this promising coaching staff. Feel free to pick every selection apart on and hate on it as much as you want. I want the two-hour pods, and I'm willing to sacrifice myself in order to just get a couple more minutes of you guys. Oh, I love it. I love it, Captain Hook. And, uh, Ryan, your voice okay after that? Uh, it's a little raspy. <laughs> Man, if, if TJ Hawkinson takes the Broncos from, what do we think, average, maybe a little below average right now? Yeah, I'd put them at like 17. If he takes them to top 10, how could you say no to that? So I, I'm on board with you for that, Captain Hook. A um, lot, lot of things going on. Man, I mean, you're, you're signing Chris up. It's, it's solid. And we're not advocating that defensive line's the biggest hole on this team. And it's just something where, like we said yesterday, you could have every position on your defensive line open next year. Yeah, where I disagree with you the most is that you have um, players capable of starter-level play or higher. Um, I think you have bodies. I think that Shelby Harris has a chance to be a really good player. Derek Wolf, his best days are behind him. Let's just be honest. Um, he hasn't been a pass rush threat since Super Bowl 50. Uh, Adam Gotsis is just good enough to be in there and make a play here and there. Zach Kerr is a replacement level player. That's what he is. He is you know, good enough to be in there, but not great. Two and a half million dollars player. That's what he is. Yeah, exactly. He is a depth guy. What that leaves me saying is, what's your best combination on the line? On third downs, I guess it would be Gotsis, Wolf, and Harris, with Harris playing the nose tackle. But you can't do that on downs, on the other downs. 
um, because he's not big enough to stop to stuff up the gaps. So you do have a hole there. You really do need to add talent to that position. I get that you're saying that you can play with what you have. You can, but you don't have above average players there except in Shelby Harris. And that is, we're projecting a little bit with him that he can continue to play, you know, better and better and better. Maybe he's already hit his peak. So just having players that can play doesn't mean it's not a hole because they have, they have that at every position, Uh, you know, Todd Davis and Josie Jewell can play. They just don't fit exactly what you're trying to do. And so you go down the list, you know, um, defensive line to me is the same thing as tight end. You got Hireman, you got Butt, you got um, Troy Fumagalli. Okay. So you have Hireman, who is on the, you know, was trending up last year. You've got Butt, who you're hoping can finally pan out. And you've got Fumagalli, who's an unknown. That's not all that different than where they are on the defensive line. Right now. I feel pretty strongly that in the first three rounds, the Broncos are going offensive line and defensive line, and then some something else thrown in there. Receiver, just depending on where they go offensive line and where they go defensive line. So, Captain Hook, while we may you know be saying, is defensive line first round or not? If it's not first round, it's second round. If it's not second round, I think at least it's third round, and I think the Broncos will address that. I do too. All right, next one here is another long one from Ubeni Lava. He says, hey, brothers, going to go ahead and stick with the standard operating procedures that BSN has implemented with comment structure. One, straw hole debate. <laughs> Two, food input. Three, maybe some football if there's time. We do encourage football comments. <laughs> we do like those. <laughs> he says, let's get to it. What do you guys say if a hole gets poked into your straw somewhere uh, in the side and it's less efficient in its sucking capability? You don't say, oh, gosh, there's another opening to my one-hole <laughs> drinking vessel. What am I to do, cruel world? If you said that, you'd sound like a psychopath. You'd say, oh, snap, there's a hole in my straw. Can't use this now. <laughs> that extra hole would bring the grand hole total to three holes in this scenario. <laughs> Hashtag team three holes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, he goes on and says, on the real hashtag team two holes is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I was dying when I heard that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I don't know why it just sounds so funny. Anyways, he says, okay, this one's not technically about food, but it is about something you ingest and that would be coffee. Mm. Have either of you guys ever tried bulletproof coffee? I bet Zach has. Mm. I haven't. No. Nope. Oh! <laughs> Have you? No, it's funny. Well, let me finish it. It's <laughs> coffee that is blended with coconut oil and clarified butter um, and some beneficial oils that if you prefer. I do flaxseed oil in mine to get some omegas, but I bet CBD would be pretty awesome too. It's a good way to start your day with some beneficial fats and caffeine molecules bind with those fats in some super scientific way to act as an extended release so you only need one, maybe two cups a day. Wow. Ryan, I bet you would love it being on keto. I just don't know how that would work with the iced coffee, though. It foams up really nicely when hot. Mm. Have you heard of it? I've, I have heard okay. of it, yeah. And Has your girlfriend had it? No. Wow. No. Man. I guess I'm off on Bulletproof Coffee. <laughs> and I thought, I thought it was kind of just a keto thing. Instead of putting milk or cream in a coffee, I didn't know it had other benefits. Oh, yeah. It's just a, um, it's a, a thing that people really like. Started in L.A., as you might expect. <laughs> of course. And, or maybe it started somewhere else, but it got big in L.A. All my friends 
in LA are all telling me I got to do bulletproof coffee now that I'm on keto. Do they make it themselves or is it, do you kind of have to go out and buy it? No, you make it yourself. You just put butter and oil into your coffee instead of creamer. It's like, it's like you're playing a joke on me. What do you mean? I'm going to put butter and oil in my coffee and it's going to be like a buttery oil coffee and people are like, well, yeah, what'd you expect? You put butter and oil in your coffee. I mean... I don't know, man. I haven't tried it. You know, what's funny is I went to like um, one of those fancy, no, it's not fancy, but you know, a health foods restaurant mm. this weekend because um, uh, they had a keto option that I wanted to try and they had bulletproof coffee and I wanted to order it, mm. but I had, I had just had a big old espresso at home. I was like, I'm going to be probably pretty wired if I have another coffee. So I passed. Well, did you know that apparently the bulletproof would have, the oils would have held on to the caffeine and released it later in the day just when you needed it? I don't buy that. I'm, <laughs> I'm still having a, I, it's, you know, they say like with smokers, like it's, it's a habit. Yeah. So like you just get in the car and you're just like, oh, it's just, uh, when I drive, I smoke. Yeah. Um, I can't relate to that, <laughs> but I can relate to like two o'clock two thirty just a little cup of coffee like it, yep. it's a, a nice break in the day and i feel yep. like i'm getting a fresh start on the rest of the day and it's a little treat you're looking forward to it at 155 you're like just got to push through 35 minutes even though nothing's really changing you still have you know three more hours of work after you hit 230 it's a little treat especially when you're on keto too coffee is almost like a dessert to me mm, like it, it tastes yep. like i'm having like some <laughs> sort of treat so uh, I need that second cup of coffee. I'm completely up for trying bulletproof coffee. I feel like it's probably best to have the first experience out, like <laughs> like when someone else makes it, or Zach's, else it could go I terribly to see wrong. Zach, like he's like has like a full <laughs> stick of butter in his hand. He's like, so you're telling me I just put this in here and wait until it melts, or what? That probably wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, butter pretty much makes everything better. I made um some steaks last night mm. cooked them in butter mm. wanted to do uh wanted to grill them I, i'm a i'm a, you know someone's gonna come at me and be like you cook steaks in a pan the it's the weather got bad and it was all windy and terrible outside so i did in a pan in a, you know a cast iron with uh with some butter oh that sounds amazing it was so good Just literally amazing it was amazing <laughs> i'll tell you that right now with the elway steak seasoning shout out oh uh. Shout out to John. Doesn't mess everything up, John. Loki, best <laughs> accomplishment of his life <laughs> is Elway's steak seasoning. I didn't actually know it was that good. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> I've never had a steak at Elway's. Do you buy it at – do you have to buy it at Elway's? Or I don't is know. I always get store? it as a stocking stuffer. Ah, yep. I think it is. A, I've never seen it in the store. I don't think you get it at the store, but I bet you can order it online. Probably. Because I talked about this once before on the podcast. Actually, I tweeted it once. Yep. And someone like a week later was like, oh my God, I ordered this. And <laughs> you were completely right. It's the best steak seasoning that exists. You think he put it together? Yes. Mm. Piece by piece. <laughs> he sat there and ate a steak every single day until he got the perfect recipe. That doesn't sound like a bad job. No, I'd do that. All right. Football question. Hey. Still from Ubeni Lava. And this might be a little deep into draft nerdery for you guys, but feel comfortable. But to feel comfortable to provide an answer, but I'll ask anyways. Do you think Skangster, that's the offensive coordinator <laughs> for the Broncos, has his eye on a potential Nick Mullins in this year's draft? So someone who is going to go undrafted, or maybe we spend a seventh round pick on him, 
so I guess that eliminates the Minshews and Greers of the world. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. I did ask the draft guys as well, so it'll be fun to see what you guys come up with. Sorry about the long post, but I'm with Captain Hook. I missed the two-hour pods. Maybe we can get to three hours if we all write essays like this. <laughs> Please don't do that. At least you've got to hit us with a bloof. Yeah, oh, yeah. So Skangster, of, of course he has it, his eye on someone. He better. I just don't know. I don't think it's a seventh-round undrafted guy because with signing Kevin Hogan, yeah, they, they can bring – they will bring an undrafted guy in. I just don't know if he like really has his eye on one of those guys. He He's fixed on one guy, I bet, in the draft. Could be Drew Locke in the first round. It could be Jared Stidham in the second round. It could be Gardner Minshew in the fourth or fifth. I just... And then you'll bring in a camp arm. I just don't see them really locking in on two guys to bring in because they they signed Kevin Hogan. The one name that I, I keep coming back to that's underappreciated and not talked about enough is Clayton Thorson. If you love Joe Flacco, you love Clayton Thorson. And Clayton Thorson, you mentioned Jared Stidham going in the second. Clayton Thorson's climbing up boards. Yep. And he's like a statue in the pocket and he wears number 18. I think that messes with people's heads. <laughs> he's tall. I mean, I could see him going in the second. I will never say that I can't see some... <laughs> quarterback <laughs> who has some intangibles and and size to a smart school too yeah i mean yeah you can obviously see that happening um so maybe if that's the case then the broncos won't get him the one that i've just had my mind my eyes on forever as a late round guy and he, and he could even go undrafted at this point is mckenzie milton the dude from ucf that guy is a competitor he's a winner he's a baller um, his knee is going to take a really long time to recover from, but I would totally take a flyer on him uh, recovering from that knee and coming back and just being, you know, the next Russell Wilson. And I don't mean actually the player, but the guy who was undersized and underappreciated and came into a, a training camp and just lit it up. Man, and if you're investing a day three pick on that or an undrafted, why not? Have, no, have him be your camp arm. Yeah, exactly. Well, he probably isn't going to be ready for camp. Mm. But, I mean, it's it's a redshirt year. You put him on IR. For quarterbacks, It doesn't even cost you a roster spot. Totally worth it. I agree. Without a doubt. But on Clayton Thorson, he's had a lot of buzz with the Broncos. So that's one to keep an eye on for sure. If you're not spending a first-round pick on a quarterback, don't spend a second-round pick on a quarterback. Yeah. That's how I – like – don't pass on Drew Locke to get Clayton Thorson. I agree. Completely agree. All right, from uh, OG MVP. Looking at Casserly's mock on NFL.com, he only has one quarterback taken in the top 10, and Denver going with Hawkinson. Then he has Drew Locke being drafted with a 30-second overall pick with by the Patriots. I know you're not sold on Locke, but would you feel okay with the Pats having him late? And realistically, it seems crazy that more quarterbacks were not taken in the top 10. Nope, I would not feel comfortable with that. I wouldn't feel comfortable with... Really, any quarterback that goes to the Patriots, I'm uncomfortable with. Anyone that falls <laughs> to the Patriots, I'm uncomfortable with. So, Drew or er, Daniel Jones, you're okay with? Uh, if they take Daniel Jones, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I, in fact, if you're a Broncos fan, I would celebrate that mm-hmm. pick. I know the Broncos are. I've hated on Daniel Jones enough for the Broncos to take him. <laughs> yep, he'll be he'll be there. in the second round. He'll be their pick, or they'll That's trade fine. up to twenty. I mean, just again, be your death ugh. trap. I don't, um, I don't 
what, what am I trying to say here? I don't like the idea of passing on a quarterback at 10 if they're there to then get one in the second round. But regardless, if you take him in the second round, I say, okay, that's fine. I mean, it's not, it's not like I'm not going to freak out. If you take him at 10, I'm going to say you've just made a huge mistake. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, the same people that are saying Dwayne Haskins is a media-created person are the same people that are saying Daniel Jones is being killed by the media, but NFL teams love him. Yeah. I hope they're wrong. Well, I mean, if, as long as it's not the Broncos, <laughs> I don't care. But I, j- I mean, Andy Dalton, that's what I see. So if that's what you're looking for, then you can get it. Mm, yeah, that's a bad place to be. Just ask the Bengals. Yep. <laughs> he goes on, also, we talk about more weapons on offense. Would would Hawkinson bring that dynamic weapon, or is he more of a complementing piece that would better fit a team with less needs? We have eight picks in the next draft. How likely would it be to trade some of these picks to move up in different places? Thanks, as always. Oh, gosh. Hawkinson better be a weapon if you're drafting him in the first round as a tight end. Quick thing on the Iowa tight ends. The Broncos did have a pre-draft visit with Noah Fant. Hmm. I like Fant. He is the opposite of Hawkinson in the sense that he is not the well-rounded, do-it-all tight end. He is a very, very big wide receiver. And you call both of them weapons, right? Yes. Um, Hawkinson is almost too well-rounded to get excited about him at 10. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like He doesn't do anything fantastically. He does everything really, really good. Mm. So he's not going to blow you away on the highlight tape. Where, whereas other players would. I mean, he will. Like when he pancakes linebackers and in run blocking, you're, that's probably going to get right. you excited. But but at you, ten, yeah, it's just like you want someone who's just fantastic at something at ten. And I guess he's fantastic at the overall position of tight end. Right. But he doesn't like he in baseball they do like uh, you know um, the best grade you can get on each thing is you can be an eighty grade. Um, like you, you can have an 80 grade arm, you can be an 80 grade, uh, fielder, like, et cetera, et cetera. He's like a 70 grade, everything. And you just want, like when you're picking in the top 10, you want an 80 grade something. Uh, yeah. And it's just, if you get a dominant run stuffer in the first round, you're like, okay, solid pick. If you get a dominant pass rusher, in the first round, or you know, inside linebacker that can tackle, maybe that's more of an equivalent. And you're watching him blow people up. You're like, oh yeah, it's it's similar. I will say, Hawkinson would make Flacco better. That's the number one reason why he's still on my board. Oh, yeah, he would make Flacco significantly better. Absolutely, without a question. Ryan, I'll take this next long one to give you a break. Oh Coming in from Jop, Drop Switch, he says, "Hi guys, let's say this is another dimension in the Seahawks." are taking in offers for Russell Wilson. What would you guys be willing to give up for Wilson to be a Bronco? Oh, my God. Um, there's no nothing too high. There's nothing too high. Now, I've never seen it be more than this. Well, maybe back in the day. Instantly, I'm starting at three first-round picks. Yep, that's where I start. Without even thinking about it, I, I've – Pulled out three first-round picks and slammed them on the table as fast as I could. How old is he? I'm going to guess 29. Yep, I'd go in the 20s as well. He is oh, he's 30, okay. an old okay. man. That was close. But he'll be 30 this whole season. And remember, 
um, in John Elway's book, he might not even enter his prime until 34. <laughs> After being benched. Yeah, so there's no there's no offer that I would say no to. Yep. Make me an offer. You're the Seahawks. What's your counter offer to my three first-round picks? At three first-round picks, they're probably saying, you want a counter? I'm saying, you're the Seahawks. Counter to me. You're saying that's not enough. What do you what do you do? Throw in a second? Okay. Throw in a th- okay. throw in two seconds. Okay. <laughs> I I thought you were gonna say Von Miller, and I was gonna say okay. Mm. What would the Seahawks be doing? Giving up. <laughs> <sighs> because think about this: what are they going to get with those three first round picks? Likely, the best one they're going to get is this year's ten. And maybe then they, what? Maybe you get a quarterback there. Maybe, maybe they love Drew Locke. He may be gone. And Maybe. then they package their first-round pick and, and this first-round pick to go get Drew Locke. To replace Russell Wilson. I mean, there there is a chance that someone in their front office is saying we can't compete for Super Bowls when paying Russell Wilson so much money. Gosh, you would have to love someone in this year's And could you imagine, though, for them? Let's say they're sold on Drew Locke. You know what they're saying? They're saying this is fantastic. This is great because not only do we get the guy we love – we don't pay him a lot for five years. Uh, we'll package this, our first round pick this year, and the Broncos tend to move up so we ensure we get Drew Locke. And then the next two years, we have four first round draft picks. I mean, maybe that's what they're thinking, to do something crazy like that. I mean, that. if you don't think that you can win the Super Bowl with the with the current way that your roster is set up, then you, then you can do this. And they think, last time we won a Super Bowl was when we were a rookie quarterback deal. And then we made it again the year after that. We're five days away from uh, Russell Wilson's deadline for a new contract. He's too small for John Elway. Yeah, the Broncos aren't in the race. I mean, that's what Joe Flacco does, is takes the Broncos out of that race, I believe. If I don't the, think John would think of it. Oh, for the love of God, if it's available, <laughs> you have to do it. Yeah. And just outbid whoever's out there until you get him. Look, we'll throw in Joe Flacco. <laughs> you want Von Miller? You want Chris Harris Jr.? Mm, just our team. Just have the team. <laughs> you can't. I, I mean, he's a great leader. He's great in the community. He has no red flags. And that's why the Seahawks can't do it. The Seahawks can't let him go. Unless there's someone crazy running the show. <laughs> All right. Um, also, Chilongo Bronco chimed in on and said that everything, any place, any time. That's his offer. <laughs> uh, yep, pretty much. Chilongo Bronco chimes in with a question of his own. He says, hey, guys, really impressed by Ryan knowing who Falcao is and also pronouncing his name flawlessly. There you go. You did get some hype. I am. Or some cred. I'm pretty cultured. <laughs> just, you know. Um, no, I just really try to pay attention to as many possible sports as I possibly can. <laughs> the one that I just haven't been able to uh, get into yet is cricket. Mm, it's so foreign. But I do love curling. Ah, you know, there's a curling center not too far away from here. I, I've heard of that, and they do, like, um, like open house. But I always forget. Like, I think about it during the Olympics, and that's when they say, like, don't go to the open house. It's going to oh, yeah. be so ridiculous. Yeah. But I should go. You got to put a note in your phone to go, like, July. I also uh, understand a game called hurling. Have you heard of that? Mm, and it's not something that happens late night on the weekends. <laughs> no, I'm pretty good at that <laughs> game, though. Um, it is an Irish game. Ah, a little jig? It's no, I mean, it's a full-on sport. 
pretty intense sport. Wow. It's pretty awesome, though. Like, if you saw a game of it, 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 it kind of involves, like, I don't want to disparage the sport by, like, saying something stupid, but it kind of involves, like, a field hockey stick. Okay. And you kind of, you have to, like, juggle it and smack it. And mm. It's, like, the, the sport is badass. That sounds very talented. A lot of talent involved. Yeah. One of my, uh, one of my buddy's family is, like, legendary wow. in Ireland for their hurling legacy. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. All right, he goes on. Regarding the whole 37-year-old Super Bowl champion quarterbacks, the other number in the equation that is missing is the order for the Broncos to win a Super Bowl. The QB in his late 30s must must come from a bad ending with the Colts. So, do we count the Baltimore Ravens as being the Baltimore Colts and now have both parts of the equation in Flacco? If we do, we are for sure going to win a Super Bowl with him. Otherwise, we have to wait five more years and make a move to get Andrew Luck from Indy and then make a run for the Super Bowl. Man, could you imagine if somehow John lands Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, although that would be a little underwhelming, uh, Tom Brady, let's say. I think he's a free agent after this year. Wouldn't that just be nuts for him to do it two years or two times? Really would. And and they were the Baltimore Colts when Elway spurned them, right? Yep, exactly. So, yeah, we're counting that. Yep. Cool. So yeah. are we counting are we saying that the Ravens right now are enough of a Baltimore Colt team that Joe Flacco is now part of that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. But we're gonna have to wait three years. Ah, uh, yes. That's when he hits and his And then prime. he has a new contract. Boy, this is that'll be interesting. We'll see. All right, another long one here from Trade for Rosen. After listening to the pod and hearing RK talk about rookie quarterback contracts giving teams a Super Bowl window, I decided to do some research. Since 1998, there have only been four quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl while on rookie contracts, two of which were first-round picks, two of which were later-round picks, Tom Brady, Big Ben, Eli Manning, and Russell Wilson. So really four of the best quarterbacks from that generation. (laughs) Yep. There have been five quarterbacks to start Super Bowls with other teams than they were drafted by. Kurt Warner, Drew Brees, Brad Johnson, Peyton Manning, and Nick Foles. I didn't count Eli and Elway, even though they were technically on different teams when they drafted them. So I'm not sold on the rookie contract window. I understand the idea, and it has worked, but so has finding a serviceable vet, as well as working with larger contracts of older guys. Sorry for the long post. I also hate my username, so I understand if y'all think it's played out. However, the profile edit feature is down, so I'm stuck for a while. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Mile High Salute is the best shirt. Oh, that's the new debate. Mm, ah, yes, yes. I, I love coming in on that. Uh, Mile High Salute is a, is a darn good one. And I don't hate your username because I still think the Broncos should trade for Rose. <sighs> of course. Absolutely still need to trade for him. Oh, man. Serviceable vet to win a Super Bowl. I don't like it. Too many things have to come together. I don't like it. Let me ask you this. What's more likely? A quarterback of the caliber of Drew Brees or Peyton Manning falling into your lap or drafting a player of the caliber of Tom Brady, Big Ben, Eli Manning, or Russell Wilson? Oh, wow. Um, drafting. Exactly. Um, Kurt Warner is, is kind of the uh, outlier here because he was really good, but they thought he was declining. And then Brad Johnson and Nick Foles, I'm just calling that luck. Yeah. That was luck. That was team of destiny type. Well, Brad Johnson, I mean, he was just on the team with an all-time great defense. But Peyton Manning was too when he won his. So, you know, there's that aspect of it. Um, In the end, though, 
I say you're much more likely going to get a, a, a guy in the draft and winning with him on their rookie contract. And you're also so much better off for the long term. Wouldn't it be so much easier for John not to have to worry about the quarterback position for the rest of his tenure? whether he's a GM to finish out his contract for three more years or whether he signs a 10-year deal after that and is with them for 13 more years. Wouldn't it be so much better for him to never worry about quarterback because he got one in the draft that's going to be here for a while instead of every one to four years needing to think about that? Absolutely. And if John Elway got the Broncos their quarterback of the future, he could retire in good, you know, in good conscience whenever he wants and you know, ride off into the sunset once again. After his drafted quarterback comes in and wins the Super Bowl. Man, that'd be baller. That's how he one-ups Peyton Manning. Peyton Peyton comes in, does what John did as a player, and then John says, all right, well, now I'm just going to one-up everyone else by doing it as a, as a GM, too. Well, well, John says, I won two as a quarterback, wrote off. I won two as a GM and wrote off. Man. And it was me who got the second one because everyone wants to give Peyton all the credit for the for, for this first one as a GM. Do it. Do it, John. <laughs> Draft Dwayne Haskins, then. He's trying. Well, All right. I don't know about drafting Dwayne Haskins, but. I don't think he's trying to do that. <laughs> Should be drafting Kyler Murray if he really wants to uh, mm. win a Super Bowl, but doesn't look like happening. an option. Just the same way I felt about Baker Mayfield. But anyways, any buzzer beaters? None. No buzzer beaters. You guys have been missing the buzzer beaters lately. <laughs> you're, you're not like the Oklahoma City Thunder and Portland Trailblazers who both <laughs> hit buzzer beaters and the benefit of the nuggets last night so with that we're gonna let you go but before we do i'm gonna tell you about live well live well enlightened health is your go-to dispensary for the best deals on the highest quality cannabis products members of live well's free rewards program have access to 30 dollars pre-way half ounces and 60 dollars pre-way ounces every single day live well has 16 locations across colorado from the four corners all the way up to fort collins with six locations in the denver area Visit livewell.com slash BSN for all the most up-to-date sales and promotions. That's livewell. That's L-I-V-W-E-L-L.com slash BSN. Have a good one, and as always, we'll catch up with you tomorrow.